I've heard it said that visibility is one of the greatest influences in empowering people to pursue their dreams and inspiring them to set goals that would otherwise seem unattainable. Throughout my life, I've seen this to be true time and time again. That's why a few years ago, I quit my job working at a fast-paced, venture-backed technology startup to travel the world telling the stories of a new generation of innovators, makers, creators, and leaders who are taking risks, forging their own paths to success, and shaking up the marketplace in return. Millennovation isn't about highlighting the exceptional stories of a few individuals. It's about empowering you to forge a new future path. It's about learning from the experiences, the successes, and the failures of our peers. And most of all, it's a place to think through the unconventional strategies that will help all of us get where we're going a little bit faster. It all starts here on the Millennial Innovators Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Millennial Innovators Podcast. This is episode four of season two series, Underdogs and Unforgettables. Today we have an awesome show, but before we dive in, let's talk about habits. Habit is a word that we probably most often use when placing it behind the other word, bad. Bad habits. Personally, I have lots of bad habits. From biting my nails, to procrastinating, to avoiding doing my laundry like I am right now. Bad habits on bad habits on bad habits. But the thing about habit that we often overlook is that the habitual act of doing something, whether good or bad, every day is the difference between a single step and a path. When you're at point A and you want to be at point B, but you can't figure out how to get there, What's the most important thing you can do to take one giant leap closer to your final destination? So that's what this episode is all about. How to form positive habits, which will empower you to develop unforgettable, unshakable, unstoppable focus in charging towards your goals. On today's episode, we've got Polly Payne, founder of Horatio Printing. I'm your host, Kat Lasciani. Let's get at it. My name is Polly Payne. I'm the founder of Horatio Printing and a little bit about me. Flew to New York for the past almost 10 years. I'm originally from Alabama and I started my business Horatio Printing in at the end of 2014 and our core mission as a company is to help people unleash their inner artist and connect with their God-given purpose. And um, I wanted to create a tool that had to help me personally redesign my life and go after the dreams I had in my heart. And it's so easy to get distracted in New York. So I really needed a tool. And so our first main product is our dream planner, where you write down your dreams and it's filled with encouragement and spaces to get rid of distractions and, you know, make more time for your passions. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about me and my passion and Horatio. Well, thanks for taking the time to come on the show. Absolutely. I know that a lot of people who listen actually are big fans of yours and big fans of Horatio. So I think this um, story in this episode is really going to hit home for people and they're going to be super excited to hear maybe a little bit more about you in ways that they haven't before. So, yay. So I think I've told you this, but 
we're in season two of the podcast and um, it's all about underdogs and unforgettables. Each week we're following around an underdog who is at point A and they want to be at point B, but they're not exactly sure how to get there. And every other week we are interviewing unforgettables, people who look like they've made it, you know, in our eyes, who, um, who have been through some stuff and can mm-hmm. maybe give us some tools and resources for the journey ahead. So you, to me, definitely seem like an unforgettable person. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I just think the brand you've built and um, just your conviction in being true to obviously what you feel called to do is really inspiring. We kind of kick unforgettable episodes off with talking about what does it mean to you to be unforgettable? I think as a brand or creating a business that's unforgettable, my real purpose in my business is the customer and like the family we're creating and to equip people to pursue their passion. So I think as a brand, building a connection that's authentic and staying true to your values and to um, to your heart and putting love and heart into everything you you create will inevitably make you unforgettable. And that's really something that's um, important to me, and especially creating a Christian brand. Um, I feel like as a Christian, um, personally, my items and my products should be at the most high caliber possible because I have almost like a leg up of like, partnering with God to create something. And I think that God is so creative and he created this amazing universe and we have that power and that imagination within us. So I think, you know, really tapping into the creativity and making sure that you're making something that is unforgettable and powerful and high excellence. um, That's what it would mean to me. That is an awesome answer. <laughs> it's wow. kind of all around. I just kind of like floated. I don't know if that was like succinct at all, but that's that's what I think of. Yeah. yeah. No, something I love that you say is excellence. I think so often, especially as entrepreneurs, there's so much to do. Yeah. Um, and I think most of us, or at least I know that I'm very hard on myself, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a level of expectation I want to set and... Um, when people are paying for things, you want to supply them with value. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I think it's different taking a step back and thinking about value from a place of excellence Mm -hmm. is a little bit different than perfectionism. Yes. I was just thinking that it's not about perfectionism. Um, like I'll be honest this past year, we actually had like a typo in the planner And that was like heartbreaking. But at the end of the day, the product still is going to provide um, the uh, tool and the and the the space for someone to create and cultivate a life they love. And, you know, it's not so much in my own strength that I can create something excellent. I think the more I point to God and to his truth, it is excellent. For example, we submitted a survey today to have people tell us what they want in their 2019 planner because we're already starting those dreams and like, you know, retooling what we've created. And I asked people what's their favorite part and the highest rated part was the Bible verses. Wow. You know, and it's like, that's not anything I can do. That's, that's you know, um, outside of me. But the fact that it's in there and it 
is a platform and a space for people to connect with God on a weekly basis and get that little nugget of, you know, um, word from God for the week. That's what makes it special. And that's what makes it excellent. And it's not about me and what I do, you know, it's just, um, creating things that are excellent in the sense that I've done the best I could. And, you know, I feel confident about it, but I have to give myself grace. Like I definitely like perfectionism is not my thing. That's why I need a planner. Like I'm the most unorganized, messy person. So like I need that in my life. I love how you say that you're messy because to me, I'm thinking this chick has got to be like an organizational expert, which maybe you are at this point, you know, I don't know. But um, yeah, something that we like to also talk about on these unforgettable episodes is when the greatest, the goat, greatest of all time, was once the woat, like worst of all time. Yes. So, I mean, what really led you into creating a planner and something, Mm -hmm. it's such an organizational business Mm -hmm. um, above anything else? Yeah, so I definitely, like I just said, I like, I need organization because I am so unorganized and I'm very forgetful. That's a big thing. Like, I will forget anything and everything. But you know, if your mind is a muscle and you know, your skills are a muscle and the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And I've definitely seen where like, I remember and pick up on things more because I'm using that part of my brain. And I think, you know, when you start to really use the muscle of being intentional with your time and planning your life, you'll say no to activities that are a distraction or a thing that is a time filler um, that you maybe are hoping that would make you happy but actually doesn't. And that's that's the most exciting thing that I've seen switch for me. But back to your question of why I created it and what was going on, I was at a season of my life of definitely not living my best life. I was, so for six years, I worked in um, ad tech world. I was mostly in the sales or marketing side. And as a salesperson, my job um, was to be an entertainer. It was to take people out whining and dining all over New York, which was such a fun, exciting thing, you know, and having that corporate card to take people out on a spa date or dinners and drinks and whatever. And I just, I had a season of excess and I had this dream in my heart buried of, I want to start a business. I want to do work that matters. I want to affect people. I want to help people. I want to do something that matters. And, um, it was August of 2014. I had my birthday, my cousin's bachelorette party, my cousin's engagement party, this industry events that, and it was just like this season of so much. And I just felt like my life was a complete mess because my days weren't productive, but my nights were fun. And I just, it was just, I was losing myself and I wasn't pursuing anything that really mattered other than the relationships I was somewhat cultivating. And so I was reading Erwin McManus's book, The Artisan Soul, late at night, hoping that that book would make me fall asleep. And the book just inspired me to take charge of my life and, and re- reclaim my artisan soul and the fact that I am an artist and my life is my work of art and to pursue what I wanted. And because of that, I was like, all right, that's it. I'm making a planner. Cause like, if I'm going to get my life together, like I need something to hold me accountable and to write and to declare. 
So I drew a refocus cloud, which is an exercise in the planner, where you basically make a bubble chart of everything that's swimming around in your brain, unlike distractions, obligations, passions, focuses. And, you know, so I wrote all these things down of what's wasting my time, what I miss doing, who I miss being around. And I wrote down, you know, taking out clients and entertaining as um, this distraction or this time filler. And I just felt God whisper in my spirit that I'm going to turn your skills and this activity into a ministry because I gave you this talent for my my kingdom. And, um, and it was just like, it was just an overwhelming feeling to know that in my mess, in my darker season or just recklessness, God was like, hey, I'm ready to partner. Like, I see potential in you. Like, let's do it. I'm yeah. here. And that was just like this big epiphany moment for me. And from three months after that, we had the whole business like established selling planners done. Wow. Three months. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that you bring up Erwin McManus's book. And I was going to ask you about it because before you came, I was watching your intro video on your website and I heard you mention him. And his book was so influential in me thinking about creativity as a calling, Mm -hmm. because I think for creative people, a lot of times we feel like our creativity can be a little bit of a burden, maybe like Mm -hmm. or hobby. Yeah. Or a hobby. Most definitely. I know a lot of the people who listen to this show because they'll send me messages and ask me about things. I think they're in that space, right? They have this really awesome talent and gift but it's more of a hobby and in their like wildest dreams, it sounds like they would love to do this full time, but they don't know how to make that jump. When he said like the importance of cultivating your time, you know, I think that really hit me. And he said, one of his action items was make a list of your distractions, build an exit strategy and execute. And I was like, brilliant. Like that's so simple. Like that's when I got out the notepad and I was like, here's my distractions. And like, this is what I'm going to just stop doing. At least cut this out for a month and see what happens, you know? And I just, I felt empowered. I felt like, um, you know, it just was amazing. And, and so his, but the idea that we are creating God's image and this is something that is so important and we're so distracted in this, in this day and age, like we're live, we're in our life, but we're not ever working on our life. Right. And like, if you don't know where you're going and Tony Robbins talks about this a lot, he's another big guru I of mine. I love Tony. Yeah. But he's like, if you don't know where you're going in your life, you're basically just like floating down a river and you, you haven't read the map. And then you end up on this bank and you're like, why did I end up here? Right. It's like, you don't have a paddle, nor did you read the map. Like zooming out is what's so important. And so Um, that book just really kind of hit home for me. Yeah. So what were some of those things that you cut out of your life? (laughs) Wow. Those time sucks for you. Um, well, television for one, I'll be completely vulnerable here. One was drinking. I just said, you know what? Like it was such a, um, culturally, especially in New York, you know, you meet up, let's have a drink or like that was what I did with my coworkers. And it was just something that became so normalized to do. Like you could do that every day and no one would bat an eye. Totally. Um, and so I think that was a big thing because even if it was a harmless, you know, situation and I'm not like saying like people that drink are bad or people that don't like, it's not like a polarizing thing. 
Um, but it made my mornings, uh, just, it just didn't start my day off right by doing that. So that was something that I just needed to get a handle on and just get in a healthier place. Um, and it allowed me to have a more beautiful days, more structured mornings, more quiet time with God. And that was a really big thing for me. And having that time in the morning to work on my business and having that time after work, I just completely stopped taking clients out. Yeah. I just prayed to God. And I don't know if the company that I used to work for was going to listen to this, but I would just pray like, God, will you send me business so that I don't have to do this? And like, literally it was like manna from the sky. Like I got all these accounts that were a blessing and I just kind of stopped taking people out unless it was like very, very rare or we were doing healthy activities like working out. Nice. And, um, yeah. And just making those adjustments instead of giving myself excuses. That was huge for me. Um, I think, you know, social media is another thing at night cutting out, but just replacing it. Like instead of watching this show, I'm taking time to read and to invest in my brain, still something fun and leisurely and like exciting, but just a different way of investing in myself versus living in the land of distraction and just like passing the time. Right. That's so good. Honestly, I feel like all of those things are, um, those are totally my things too. Actually this year I was like at the beginning of 2018, I was like, I can't watch TV anymore. I'm not doing it. I live with a big group of women. There's five of us in Mm -hmm. one apartment in Brooklyn. It's great. Um, and a lot of the people in that house, um, we're all in media and creatives and some of us are in film production and marketing and whatever. So, you know, we have this, we're kind of drawn to watch like TV cause it's almost a way, like I've somehow convinced myself that it's a way of staying on top of the industry, mm-hmm. but no, like I just feel like it's such a quick, you know, it's like, yeah. it's such a rabbit hole, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that's awesome. I also love the idea of switching around, you know, I hate, um, on the show, like something we really try and get people to think about is not doing things just because everybody else Mm -hmm. is doing things or everybody else expects you to do things or because that's the way it's always been. So I love the idea of taking a client meeting and replacing drinks with working out, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so cool. And it's also unique, right? Like how many people probably, you know, take so-and-so to kickboxing or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you've got endorphins, and it's probably not a bad way to... Yeah, <laughs> it's a good way to invest in yourself. Totally. And, and yeah, absolutely. So that was a win for sure. And like each season of life, there's been different things that become distractions and, you know, to fill it, but it's... That's why like the planner has like four refocus called each season you do it again. Like what are my distractions now? What are my focuses on my plate now? Cause it always is changing. Right. It sounds like you were still at your job mm-hmm. when you started Horatio. Yes. So how was that process of building this company on the side while you still have this full-time job? That was pretty tough in the sense that, um, time management was so key. I had to work in the mornings before work. I had to, you know, work in the evenings. And then my Saturday was like Horatio day. So there was not a lot of time for like socializing. Um, I kind of had to go under a rock and just kind of like birth this 
business. And so that was tough. And I really had to like pick and choose activities and even like travels and things. Um, but it was so worth it and it was so needed and like, you know, it's exciting to kind of know that you are just doing something, even if it's kind of on the side and secret and like, but it's fulfilling and you're in that fulfillment zone, um, and you're creating something. So that was kind of tough. I did that for a year and a half and then I was able to make the leap. Um, once I really felt like I had enough in savings to, to feel confident, to give it at least six months you know, and like I could always go back if I needed to, but I'm going to push and really do my best and give it my all versus like part-time work or something of that sort. I really want to just give it hundred percent and see where it went. Yeah. That's awesome. Did people at work know that you were building this? Absolutely. And the founders were so supportive. And when I left, they threw a huge, like, you know, champagne toast. And they were like, we're so proud of you. Like be bold. And like the founder that brought me onto the business, like he's an amazing man of God. And like, he was just like, Polly, like you've just got to be bold because you know, if God is for you, you're not going to fail. Like you have to just live with that confidence. And you know, I just had really great people speaking over me at that time. Yeah. I think that's really awesome too, because so many of us, our first reaction is to, like when I meet with our underdogs, right? Sometimes the first question I ask them is, okay, what's the thing you wanna do that you haven't even told anybody? Like what's the thing that you really, really wanna do that you don't even wanna say it out loud? It's always interesting to hear their answer and and it's just so interesting how our first Mm -hmm. habit is to keep that close to us and not let it out, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, probably putting it out there, what you were building, what your vision was, how you felt that this was a calling probably really helped to kind of force you to take each of those steps along the way, I'm sure, right? Yeah, and there was plenty of opposition. I mean, the idea of having a analog planner is so archaic. And it's, you know, all those companies have like, not all of them, but like a lot of the big ones from back in the day have really downsized and they used to be crushing it. So, you know, everyone's like, when are you building an app? And like, what about (laughs) this? And it's like, the point is not about scheduling everything in your planner. It's about working on your life Mm. and getting a vision for what you want and what, how you want to partner with God to create your dreams and, and to remove things that aren't serving you and design the life you love. Um, so it's, it's so much bigger picture than like creating an app or just having like a nine to five schedule. Right. You know? And so pe- a lot of people didn't really get, grasp that. And I was like, I hope people get this. And turns out they did. Like, yeah. so that really ended up working out. I love that. One of the biggest lessons I think I've learned as an entrepreneur is that I have to make my day work for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, Actually, at the beginning of this year, I had a big client and it just required me to go kind of somewhat full time with them for a few months. And I could tell that they were all just like, what with my Mm -hmm. schedule? Because I had really found a way to make my time work for me and accomplishing all the things I needed to get done in it in a day but these people are very corporate and they're used to like I show up at 8 a.m. I leave at 5 Mm p.m all of that and um it was really it was kind of a clash of of habits I guess you could say it was interesting but I love how you say that and a quote that keeps coming to mind when you're talking is the whole idea that you know if you don't build your dreams 
somebody else will hire you to build theirs, right? Mm -hmm. So did you have a lot of pressure from people who were telling you, because I can just hear investors in my head saying, you gotta turn this into a software. How are you gonna make money off of this? Yeah, I actually went to Tony Robbins Business Mastery School in London. Did you? Yeah, and that was amazing. I did that last July and you know, it was so good. It was a good investment and I learned a lot. Um, and just a lot of it was just so sim- simple, yeah. but like brilliant. Anyways, but one of the things he's talking about is like, well, we're obviously not gonna invest in printing companies, are we? And like everyone laughs and I'm just in the back of the room like, Ugh. You're like, oh no. <laughs> um, I'm kind of doing that. Um, but, uh, cause you know, T- Tony used to have a planner. Oh. He had a whole planner and he has a whole like software thing with it. And like he had like this whole 10 day of being like, time of your life designing and I've listened to it all and it's brilliant and I'm like Tony bring it back right um and like some of those principles are just amazing but uh you know even there I I, you know there's times where I could have doubted but at the same time like it just was so clear in the fact that I already saw so much um testimony from people reaching out to me about the dreams that they had come to fruition yeah and if there's the power of writing and it's coming back and when you write your mind it solidifies in your mind you can get power over your distractions when you have clarity you can make things happen and writing is just so powerful when you see it in your own handwriting and i'm just a firm believer in that yeah oh i'm such a writer Mm -hmm. um if I do anything, I have to sketch it out. It yeah. just gets your brain flowing. Yeah. Do you read his books, Tony Robbins? I've listened to a lot of his audiobooks just yeah. cuz I prefer the way he speaks is so right. powerful. So I'm a big audiobook fan. Um Unleash the Power Within, I believe is one of them. Um that are like The Giant Within. Basically any of his books are fantastic. I read his book on money and that was good. Money is a really interesting thing, especially as a Christian entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, It's definitely a challenge for me because I think you have that heart to help people. Yes. Part of why we want to do this in the first place is so that we can give more of ourselves and more of what we have. But I've learned the hard way that if you deplete your own resources, you're not a resource to anybody. Yeah. And I'm, I was just reading, I don't know if you heard of this book, You Are a Badass at Making Money. Okay. I think I have seen that book. Yeah. She talks a lot about belief and just like spiritual, you know, keeping your mind on um, abundance and things yeah. like that and not going from a place of lack. I don't know. Was that a struggle for you when, when starting the, the business at all? When I was starting the business, I was really blessed with my job. It was pretty cushy and like I was pretty good at sales. So I had this extra confidence at the beginning, um, you know, to to feel confident in starting it in terms of making money. Um, you know, I started tithing to my church and then we started tithing as a company to a 21. Nice. So now we've raised over like $32,000 to fight human trafficking. Wow. So we give 10% of every sale, like the actual sale to a 21 in monthly donations. Wow. And once I started really pledging there, I saw just a complete overflow of heaven and like a blessing. And it was just such an um, affirmation that God wants to partner, you know, with you when you have a, uh, clean conscious and a, a giving spirit. And so that was something that we kind of baked in at the very beginning. Um, but I'm all about the fact that like 
at the end of the day, you have to keep the economic engine turning and you can do more with more. Yeah. You know, um, I do want to provide people with a product they can afford. And that's something also really big. And there's a lot of other planners, equal caliber that are $15 more, $20 more. And so I definitely wanted to keep around that range in order to let everyone, you know, be able to use it. So that's kind of my take on it. Yeah. Did you try different prices or you just kind of research the market in the, the first planner I made, it was like finger to the wind. I was just like, oh, this sounds like the right number. Like, I really didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of did it. Um, but in terms of like finances as a Christian, my husband and I started doing Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University last summer. Cool. And that really gave me an amazing Christian perspective on finances of like, we should never have debt. We should not be using credit cards. And then I'm like, well, what about my business, Dave? Right. So I look up, what does he say about business debt? Because like everyone tells you, you have to have business debt. Like that's just how it is, you know? Like that's normal. You don't make profit for the first three years. la di da di da And when I looked it up, he said, Polly, and I didn't say Polly, but it felt like he did. He said, Polly, your business debt is your debt. Mm. At the end of the day, if this loan follows, falls through, guess who's on the hook? you are yeah so you need to have a debt-free business so that's where we are moving towards we've created a plan to have a completely debt-free business we want to become our own bank internally so we can invest and pay ourselves the interest because that's if you look at the bible verses especially proverbs like god doesn't want us to have debt wow you know we're not supposed to be a slave to the lender yeah you know we're supposed to be a giver and in a place of peace so that's kind of where we're like that's my like Christian perspective on it. Ooh, again, getting chills. That that convicts me actually because so at the beginning of this year, um, I really like made a new commitment to focusing myself on goals, right? Because I think so, especially when you're young and you're in your twenties, like like I was when I started this crazy journey it's so hard to know what you want Mm -hmm. versus like what gets put in front of you or you're going to get so many opportunities, you know, and especially when you're in a uncomfortable place, it's easy to say, yeah, I'll take that. That looks like a Mm -hmm. lifeline or that looks like provision or yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, so something I just preach is like figure out what you want. Um, and then be open to the possibility of what comes your way and maybe that changing, but know where you want to go. And uh, it's so interesting because one of my heroes, you know, has this system for setting goals and he, you, you break down your goals into across six categories, right? It's like relationship goals, financial goals, family goals, business goals, da, 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 da. financial goals, like, are so challenging for me, you know, again, because I'm just not a finance person, but that's such an amazing financial goal. Like that's a vision. Yeah. You know, that's a financial vision and buying everything with cash. Right. You know, like even in like our personal world, like his, the, his, the idea of it is, all right, you buy a used car for like $2,000 and then you make a pretend car payment. You budget that each month and then you take that after a year and you sell your car and you upgrade. And it's doing things the right way and it's having patience. And it's the patience thing that we don't know. Like we want 
things quickly, <laughs> you know, like we want to just get the lease or we want to just get the debt. And, um, as a business, like we feel like we need all these things to make ourselves feel legit, but like we really don't, you know, and that's kind of like a world standard of success. Yeah. And, like we don't have to have that. Like it's okay to work from your home or to do things, um, you know, on a free email server or whatever you can find to help you do things diligently yeah. and grow, um, modestly to where you can give faithfully. Yeah. Wow. So good because of those goals and, uh, just the fact that you're doing business the God way, right. Uh, which is so in so many small, but really influential ways, so different than the way that the world thinks and does business. So are there things that you've had to say no to in order to grow the way that you believe you're supposed to grow? We've definitely had a lot of people ask us to take all the Christian stuff out. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like um, FabFitFun, FunFabFit, whatever you want to call them. Um, they wanted to buy our planners and put them in the box, which was a huge honor. But they were like, oh, wait, it's Christian. Um, so that's been one thing we've turned down. For the most part, I wouldn't say there's anything huge we've turned down that's come our way. That you know, I wouldn't say that's been a big hindrance. So how long have you been in business now? Since 2014, like, uh, so gosh, a little over three years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I saw on your website, you're launching a box. Yeah. Like a subscription thing. Yeah. What's that going to be like? I'm so pumped about that. Basically, um, not to talk about FabFitFun again, but basically <laughs> it's kind of like that concept that it's a seasonal subscription box and each box is filled with items to help you pursue your purpose. So it's not lip gloss and makeup and conditioner. Not that those things are bad. It's just only items to help you pursue your God-given purpose. So, for example, in our first box, we've got a Seasons of Soap um, Bible study book that awesome. you can use you know, whenever you want, and it takes you through five seasons of life. A season of going through anxiety, season of finding purpose, wisdom, going through transition, um, cultivating joy. And it basically it's like a choose-your-own-adventure book. That's the one I'm probably the most excited about, that particular um, box. And it also has things like journals and washi tape and cards. So you can write encouragement cards to your friends and other little goodies and like Bible verses cards that help you um, remember God's promises and um, to basically just create the life that you want and also encourage you. So other boxes like our the fall box, for example, the third box you'll get in the subscription has the planner in it. So like you you get the planner and like um, notepads, and we're also going to have in the first box the artisan soul book. Awesome! Yeah, is so, that a partnership? Yes, Amazing. which is so exciting because that book is actually out of print. Can you believe it? It's out of print. That's I know. Wild. I know. I had to like call the publisher. I'm like. <laughs> Um, so what we're going to do is that's going to be in the first box and we're actually going to have a active book club. So like if you become a member of the subscription box, you're going to be invited into our book club and we're going to have weekly, um, virtual meetup where we're going to talk about the book and the concepts. Cause like that book was so big for me. And, um, in the next box, we're going to have another book that we're going to go through. Um, that's amazing. It's a book by Bill Johnson from Bethel church. Cool. And um, we'll probably have another box in, I mean, a book in the winter box. So it's just a way of like staying in touch to, you know, invest and encourage you and just like invest in your walk. Like we're going to have some stuff about finance in there. We're going to have some stuff 
about self-care. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like a spiritual self-care box. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I love the idea of the virtual book club. I'm such a book nerd. I'm always reading. You'll have to join. You'll yeah. have to come out. Maybe for one of the meetups, we can like um, do it like together. Yes, yeah. I would love it. That would be awesome. So cool. So with all these, like being such an obviously big vision type person and a person who sees opportunity in a lot of different ways, how did you prioritize the growth, right? Like how do you prioritize and kind of hold yourself back from trying to do everything at once? I got some really good advice my first year from my amazing friend Cameron, who uh, is just this marketing guru and just overall branding guru. And she was like, you know, you don't want to expand too quickly. You want to um, really hold on to like the key thing so that you're not just a I do everything brand. And so I really stuck with the planner and I wanted to make that the best planner it could be. And I really feel confident that it is like one of the best planners on the market because I've, I buy all my competitors. I try it out. I get nervous, like, oh, I think I'm going to like this more. And then at the end of the day, I get stressed out and go back to mine. So that just, I, I really wanted to do my absolute very best with that. And then from there, I've had so many dreams and things I've wanted to do. Um, and so I just had to basically, I use Asana to help me with different projects and, a lot of prayer and God has put a lot of different products on my heart. And that's really why I had to start the subscription box was by people investing up front in that subscription box, we're going to have the financial opportunity to create these products that God's put on my heart. Wow. And we have another product that we're going to be releasing in April as like a um, kind of like a Kickstarter, but not really, but like a crowdfunding for this amazing product um, that we have been working on for three years. Whoa. Yeah. That I'm just like over the moon excited about. Wow. I will give a hint maybe. Yes. Okay. So it's secret, but it does have to do with marriage. Okay. And so that's something I'm so, so excited about. Um, cause I think investing in godly marriage and not just investing in your wedding hmm, that's so good. is, is, um, is so important. And so that's something that God has really put on my heart and I can't wait. And like, it's taken a while for it to come together because they're so, I'm, you know, I'm a new, I'm a newlywed somewhat. I'm almost three years married, but, um, I'm not like a marriage expert by any stretch <laughs> of, you know, um, so it's taken a while for God to really give me all the pieces it needed to have. And it's there and yeah. I'm just so pumped. That's awesome. I think partnership. So were you married before you started Horatio? Mm -hmm. Awesome. I think partnership is so important, even in the people you're surrounding yourself with. I think you mentioned Tim Ferriss earlier. Yeah. Is it him or another guy who says uh, you are the product of the five people you spend the most time with? Whoa. Yeah. Which just makes you think about, you know, who am I like setting my who am I looking up to, right? And who is around me? And are they helping me cultivate the right habits that wow. I need to cultivate in order to get where I need to go? And am I spending enough time with Jesus? Is, right. he, is he in my fave five? We heard about the things that you kind of stopped doing and you mm -hmm. put down like TV and drinking and things like that. But what are some of the new habits that you've had to cultivate in order to um, stay the course and stay the path with this company? Um, I say my biggest habit is creating a morning that really excites me 
And that is a slow morning where I'm reading the Bible, I'm doing a soap Bible study, and I'm journaling. I'm like the windshield wipers of the mind and soul, just journaling out what I feel, um, listening to worship music, maybe getting up and worshiping in my living room alone. That has been one of the biggest game changers because once you start to really connect your soul to heaven in the beginning of the day and remember where your citizenship truly lies in heaven, um, your day is transformed. And so that's something that's been transformational for me. And then at five o'clock or towards the end of the day, every day I create a plan for tomorrow. I call it going to the spa, Mm. creating a specific plan of action. I use my daily notepad and I'd write down my schedule for the day. I plan in breaks, things that make me happy, what I'm going to eat, you know, so I don't have to stress out about what I'm doing. And then my top three things I need to get done. And uh, I put that in my planner. I shut the planner and I can enjoy my evening um, and really kind of close the book. So those are two of my big things, I think. I like to do my writing in the morning right after my devotional time. And then my more tactical and meetups in the afternoon. And by kind of designing my day that way, that's been pretty powerful. Yeah, I think that's amazing suggestion. I love that. Something to me that's unforgettable about people like yourself is how they take the L's or the losses and how they get themselves back up. So is there a loss that you've had throughout this experience that you could share with us and maybe the process of what it was like to build yourself back up after that? Oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> you know, as soon as you expand your capabilities and your skill set, something's going to hit you that's outside of your strength. And that's where God stretches you. And I've had so many instances of that. I've had products that kind of failed where I thought they'd work out. And, you know, you start doubting yourself. And then, um, I've had times where people have completely ripped off my design, people that were close to me. Wow. And and then it like it it took off. It did well, you know. Uh. And it was just that was times where you get stuck in the comparison. I think the enemy likes to hit you where it hurts and he knows your buttons and um I've had times where complete miscommunications between me and my manufacturing company has led to products not being delivered to a conference on time. Mm. And so they've all had different lessons. Like one of them is learning to extend grace to yourself. Yeah. A practical way to learn to really extend grace to yourself is to look at a photo of yourself as a child. Remember who you are in God's eyes. You're his child. And it's easier to extend grace when you picture yourself as your child self. In terms of when I really was dealing with the copycat situation, um, my friend gave me a book, Strengthening Yourself in the Lord by Bill Johnson, which is the book we're actually going to have this summer in the box. Awesome. And it's all about the importance of strengthening yourself in God's word, in your worship, in your prayer, in your expectations, and you know, not leaning on the collective, but leaning on God and how David strengthened himself in the Lord so much and trusted God so much that he ended up, you know, being the lineage of Jesus and like Jesus sits on David's throne. Like what an honor. He's a man. He's not God, you know? And so, um, I just had to learn how to strengthen myself in the Lord and to recognize when I was being attacked by the enemy and 
recognize that I'm not going to let him steal my creativity because if I live in the cycles of loss less and never, I've lost this, I'm less than, I'll never be, I'll never do, I'm so uncreative, I'm so inhibited, I'm so um, paralyzed. I can't live there. I have to live in uh, grace for myself and like the promises that God has given me. And so it's, it comes down to worshiping, to meditating on heaven, and to uh, being clear about what you want and remembering that and being flexible with your approach. Things are going to fail. And like, I love Sarah Blakely in her podcast, uh, or when she was on the podcast, um, How I Built This. Her parents thrived in failure. Every night they're like, all right, what'd you fail at today? And, you know, accept your failure because it's going to be your story and it's going to be your way you learn sometimes. That's okay. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Millennial Innovators Podcast. I'm your host, Kat. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes or you can go to our website and subscribe there at millenovation.com. That's M-I-L-L-E-N-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N.com. Stay tuned for next week. Don't play the game. Change it.